it's mostly when I receive massage that I taste it. We then opened Lush Spas around 15 years ago, and the first treatment we opened the spas with was called Synesthesia. No way! Maybe you can tell us a bit about how Synesthesia plays a role in Lush as a company. The, the scents were Mark Constantine's. The words and the colours were an argument. <laughs> no, they weren't. No, they weren't an argument. They were a debate. <laughs> As if someone just squeezes my shoulder or gives me a really lovely hug, it can come across as actually very diluted orange juice. Oh, you know when you smell a certain fragrance and a triangle pops in your mind or a shape pops into your mind, and everyone else around the table said, "No, Mark, we've got no idea what you're talking about." Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Synesthesia, episode 30, which is crazy. We're almost one year in. I love that. I have two guests today, which is a not a first, but a second. One is Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Yay! I'm back. <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> and the two of us are going to interview our guest, Jody Bailey today. Hi Jody. Thank you so much for spending this morning with us. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. Hi. <laughs> so Jody's going to give us a perspective on synesthesia in business because we're going to talk about Lush, a company yeah. we probably all know and love and especially Zoe loves Lush a lot. I love Lush. I have a lot of Lush products. I have the body conditioner, the rose one. It smells amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> it's a very popular product. It's lovely. I also have like a bag full of all the containers so that I could like exchange it for a free face mask. <laughs> the main reason why we have Jody on today is because we, I didn't, a follower spotted the synesthesia treatment at one of the Lush spas in the UK and she sent me a photo and then Zoe discovered it as well. So I reached out to Lush PR and we got in contact with Abby, which is, I mean, I haven't met her yet, but we love her. <laughs> she is so sweet, so yeah. responsive. Yeah. It's amazing. We're just every right. other day, we're like, PR Abby got back to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she connected us with Jody, which is amazing. So, Jody, before mm -hmm. I speak too much, we want to hear <laughs> where are you based? What is your form of synesthesia? And then we'll move on to what it's like to work at Lush. Perfect. Yeah, I am Jodie, obviously. And I originally am from the north of England. So I'm originally from Yorkshire. And then this year in January, I moved to Dorset, um, which is where head office of Lush is. We're based in Poole. Um, it's where the first shop was, etc. It's where all the offices are and the, and the factory. Um, and I have the grapheme synesthesia. And the main one that is of interest in the company at the moment is that I can taste massage. So I get massaged a lot and I massage people a lot. It's mostly when I receive massage that I taste it. And it's only when it's a good massage. If it's not a good massage, it ruins the whole experience. Um, but we can definitely delve into that a little bit more because it's quite nuanced and quite specific. But I also have days of the week. I've got personalities. And sometimes after speaking to you last Friday, I, you know, when you start thinking about things a little bit more and I said about colours and numbers and letters and things. And then I said about my main one, um, which is a focus 
at the moment at work in Lush is the massage. But then I was like, there's days of the weeks, there's months, there's all sorts of things going on. But when you have one synesthesia, like you have several others. But yeah, my favorite one is the massage. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really cool job to have just to get massaged. <laughs> so what was the taste supposed to be like? It is a very cool job to have until you have to be massaged four times in two days mm-hmm. <laughs> it can oftentimes get a little bit yeah <laughs> it is honestly 95% of the time amazing though um, <laughs> and if it's a beautiful massage I can taste how it feels so if I give examples would probably be the easiest way for this to come across I'll speak about synesthesia the treatment which is what as this has all come about from if I, I had a synesthesia a few months ago and there's a particular move or technique on the back of one of my legs and the particular therapist did it really well in a way that it felt like the texture of custard and then I could taste it in my mouth and my mouth starts watering like I get a physical effect um from from a really good massage um, a lot of the time though that's quite a, a unique flavor if you will Um, if so most of the time if I'm having my back done and I'm getting like little bits of tension worked out or like a knot it tastes like berries I get berries a lot Mm. and like blueberries and raspberries and blackberries and things and sometimes the color gets confused so I'll get a green blackberry that was a pretty weird day um (laughs) yeah I could go on (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) this is mind-blowing Even though we speak to so many people with synesthesia, it's still mind-blowing. Yeah. How cool is that? Do you remember when you first noticed it? Was that at Lush or somewhere else? Oh, I've been at Lush for a long time. Um, so it was definitely at Lush. I've been a therapist, a massage therapist for nearly 15 years, but I've been at Lush for 12. So I can, with some confidence, say it was more than likely at Lush. Um, but I couldn't pinpoint when it was I don't know has it always been a thing when I've no idea it just is do you know what I mean like yeah yes. <laughs> um but when I was a kid I don't think I ever got massaged on a frequent basis um but I've always been a very mm. nurturing caring person so I would um massage my grandma's feet or I would like massage family members heads and things (laughs) um so I've always done that so I don't know I honestly couldn't tell you the specific moment when I realized just is which is weird (laughs) because it's quite specific so I can not taste massages but I can see them like Mm -hmm. in colors and shapes and forms and it's the same for pain and touch so I'm wondering is does other kinds of touch have a taste as well or does it like does it take more time to develop that it can take some time um so oftentimes it will happen some ways into a massage treatment but in a subtle way I can taste things with other touch as well I'm a very very tactile person um I will always want to be the one who's hugging touching like yeah so It's not as intense as when I'm having a massage, but I can definitely taste. It's like diluted. So if you've diluted some orange juice a little bit too much, (laughs) if that makes any sense, if someone just squeezes my shoulder or gives me a really lovely hug, it can come across as 
actually very diluted orange juice, which is probably why I use that example, or diluted juice, which is the berry thing again, I guess, or fruit. Mm. Are there any bad tastes? Yeah, yeah. And this isn't necessarily attributed to a bad massage either. If it's a, not a very good um, treatment or massage, the taste doesn't often come at all because I get quite frustrated and overstimulated if it's not very good, which is just, yeah, unfortunate. But if they are a therapist is working on a bit of tension and it's a little bit sore, if you've had a massage before and you have an achy neck or shoulder, it can sometimes feel a little uncomfortable. It can taste woody or chalky. So the, mm. when you have a bit of um, of something like, oh, I don't know, something like, um, I can't think of what the food is, but sometimes it can be very woody or fibrous. It can feel like that. It's almost as if I can feel the fibres in my muscles being worked on and then it comes through as like wood, like I'm licking a piece of wood, which isn't great. But I know it's doing a good job on attention, if that makes sense. That's so cool. Like, I, I think I can understand <laughs> the whole, like the fibre in your muscles mm. being translated, like licking wood. Like, I think I can get it logically. I don't have that form of synesthesia, but like if I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if you know the anatomy of a muscle, which you have to do when you're a therapist, um, you know that it's um, fibres and all sorts of bits and pieces going on in there. So there's obviously a link gone on there somewhere in my mind. I would always say a sore muscle is like lemon, citrus kind of taste. Oh, interesting. So wood, wood, I would say, is a nice taste, actually. <laughs> That's funny you should say like it tastes like citrus because in Chinese to say like a sore muscle it literally means sour like the word like the exact if you literally translate it, it means sour does it that's amazing <laughs> isn't it also anatomy that after you did a workout your muscles are they have too much acid oh yeah lactic acid yeah if you do a workout or you exercise you get a buildup of lactic acid in your muscles it's the lactic acid that makes them do the work and that's what get you when you get the burn it's literally lactic acid. This is a question for Zoe and it's related to, I wanted to know what the Chinese word was for sour and sour. Um, swan, which is sour. Thank you. I'm yeah. interested in um, <laughs> language and things, so I was just intrigued to know what oh. the word sounded like. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's a swan, That's which cool. is sour. Yeah, I, I used to say that all the time to my parents. I was like, my body is so sour because like it hurts, but I, I directly translated from Chinese and I'm like, it's so sour. Yeah. <laughs> so the question mm -hmm. I have for you, Jody, is James Warnerton, who we spoke about briefly uh, on Friday, he is the president of the UK Synesthesia Association and one of the first synesthetes ever identified. And he has a taste synesthesia as well. He tastes sounds and words. And he told us, well, it might be different because you can't really escape sounds and words. Um, you can escape intense touch in your day to day. But what he described was that his brain thinking that there is a taste in producing like stomach acid when there is no food does give him on a one side stomach cramps because of this stomach acid and the other thing is it changed his relationship to food because uh, he constantly has flavors in his mouth and of course eating a meal really is very different when there are sounds at the same time and it's uh, you have other uh, tastes lingering 
because of what you hear. Can you relate to any of those experiences? Have a, if I think about it, and like you say, I can avoid massage. Potentially, I can avoid massage. But really, in my chosen career, it's often difficult to avoid massage. I have to have massage. I have to have treatments. And previous to this current job role that I'm in, I was a trainer. So I was teaching massage. And you cannot do a good treatment unless that person teaches you. You have to feel things. So at the moment, I'm developing treatments. And in the past, I was teaching treatments. You have to be the person to feel what that therapist is doing or else you can't send them out there and expect them to do a good treatment on another client. Because you have no idea. It's all about touch. So at the moment, it's I, I actually can't avoid it. I think that that's one of the reasons why I get very physically angry when I'm having a bad massage. <laughs> and I feel... I feel terrible because obviously this is going to go out to people and they're potentially going to listen to it. So if any new therapists listen to this and then I, I'm the one to go and have that treatment from them, they're like, oh, I hope she doesn't get angry. But I, I, <laughs> I have ways of coping with it, but I do get very, very overstimulated and I'm very sensitive to touch. Like, yeah, and it's a visceral get off me. I'm going to start crying thing so yes I can relate to that it does it it definitely does make things different and that's not the therapist's fault because if they're in training or they're just learning a treatment that I've developed this is the point if it's not good they're supposed to do it on me not good and then I can tell them what it is they need to do better so I have to grip my teeth and it's like no it's okay it's fine just just get you know get through it which sounds really dramatic um but it's true and before I said that I was a very tactile person I am always but if I'm having a an overstimulated day or I'm I'm mentally fatigued from work or what have you if someone touches me and I don't want it immediate if like anger get off me right now and I want to start crying it's like an instant yeah thing so definitely can relate I have a question about like the touch is it only on your body that you can taste stuff like for example if you're eating tofu and it's really soft will you taste the tofu taste and the softness that 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 tofu tactileness like at the same time that, that, that do you get it from your mouth too i don't know if i'm making sense <laughs> yeah i think i know what you mean um oddly enough i don't like the texture of tofu um oh my <laughs> <laughs> I just I've tried on several occasions to like tofu and I just the taste is fine the texture is not um and my mouth's currently what like my mouth's watering right now I feel like I, I, mm. I feel like I've got lumps of tofu in my mouth like right now so yes <laughs> the answer to your question is probably yeah <laughs> um because okay, I, I was wondering yeah. if it ever clashes like the actual taste of the food and the taste of the texture of the food i wonder if they clash mm. interesting i don't i let me have a think that's a really really cool question obviously tofu has just popped into my mind just now and i can have i've literally got like lumps of tofu in my mouth let me have a think about that one you know when someone says to you what sort of music do you like and what songs do you listen to and you've never listened to music <laughs> in your life at that moment 
Yeah. I've never even eaten food. Mm-hmm. Now that you've asked me that question, <laughs> not a single bit of food is coming to my mind. <laughs> Why does your brain do that? Someone's literally like, oh, what sort of songs have you listened to? What's your favourite songs? <laughs> Top five. And like, sorry, I have never listened to music before. So I can't help you. <laughs> um so i'll have a think about that one and circle back if that's okay (laughs) oh yeah no of course of course or i mean you don't don't have to have an answer i was just really curious maybe you can tell us a bit about how synesthesia plays a role in lush as a company because you are not the only synesthete in the company i'm not and so there's a very there's a lot of lush history and there's a lot of lush um, founding stories and things. And one of the more common ones that you get to learn when you first start in the business is that Mark Constantine, one of the founders of the business, uh, was having a meeting with a few others of the founders of the business. And he's one of the main perfumers, one of the main creators of the fragrances. And he was just talking about how he makes smells and how he makes lovely perfumes and said something along the lines of oh you know when you smell a certain fragrance and a triangle pops in your mind or a shape pops into your mind or it is a shape and everyone else around the table said no mark we've got no idea what you're talking about and it was at that moment um a little bit later on for him in his life that he realized there was something called synesthesia and so this i estimating around 15 to 20 years ago like this must have been the case probably 15 years ago when synesthesia might not have been as well known and people didn't really realize that they had it at the moment obviously people are realizing and it's becoming more aware and there's a lot more awareness around it and so yeah then um this whole thing around synesthesia started trickling into the business we then opened lush spas around 15 years ago and the first treatment we opened the spas with was called synesthesia no way Um, and it was a multi-sensory treatment and it was obviously it was the first treatment we we only had one treatment that we opened the spas with and it was synesthesia um and then um, maybe a year or two later we we released other treatments but it's all been based around the treatment and the concept of synesthesia. The music in synesthesia is a little bit different to what you might find in other spas. So where I'm 99.9% sure that we're the only company that makes our own music for the spa treatments in such depth, at least anyway. So we'll hire freelance musicians and work with them on the concept of the treatment. And then the treatment itself is choreographed with the soundtrack. So for synesthesia, that was the first time that we did that. And it was through Mark Constantine going to a concert and he met a gentleman called Simon Emerson. And from there, they created this beautiful soundtrack where they used a 52-piece orchestra. Um, But Simon Emerson had synesthesia as well. And so we've used synesthesia a lot as not for a lot in the in the spa treatments and now I'm developing the treatments and I use my synesthesia etc so it's filtered in and being used as a tool but almost accidentally if that makes any sense um it wasn't like Mark Constantine or Simon Emerson or even me say I'm going to use my synesthesia to do this it's just I happen to have found myself in massage. I was gravitated towards it. And I'm sure Mark was creating perfumes, obviously. He definitely was creating perfumes before he realised he had synesthesia and and things. So the way that I see it is that Lush, as a business, 
has been based on something like synesthesia and a neurodivergence. If you go into the shop, it's a, it's a shop where you go and smell things. And the, the, <laughs> one of the main founders of the business has got synesthesia with smells. And that's how he probably uses that to, to create smells and things. And then the music in the spa and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's everywhere. And it also leans into one of our believe statements, which is all are welcome always. And I just, before I worked at Lush, I bounced around jobs. I must have had double figure jobs at least. And then I found Lush and I've been here for 12 years. And there's a reason for that. I feel comfortable. I feel at home. I feel welcomed. I feel seen. And I'm sure that is the same for others as well. When I was working in a spa in the north of England, in Leeds, in Yorkshire, um, we used to get a lot of um, people with autism or ADHD coming for treatments because they're so multisensory, but the room is dark um, and the music is the same as what they might have had before. And then you've got the touch experience. Um, so it's just all woven into one. It's a really lovely place to work, actually. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. So cool. <laughs> and Zoe and I were lucky enough to to got gifted this anesthesia treatment, which we went, when was that? Eight um, weeks ago or so. Some month ago? Maybe a bit less. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we what did you think? loved it. Of course, it was just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was an amazing thing to do. And it was nice for our remote friendship to do something the same day in two different spas and we were so unaware of it just a couple Mm -hmm. weeks before so it was really really cool I think Zoe had a couple questions about like uh, the word picking and maybe we can explain that to our listeners my question would be um, since you mentioned a lot of like autistic clients and neurodivergent clients coming in so when you go get the treatment you talk to your therapist and they uh, uh, give you that survey to make sure like they know enough about your health and like figure out if you're pregnant or like they don't figure it out they just ask you if you're pregnant um, <laughs> um and I was wondering because even though I loved it absolutely loved the treatment since the music was so loud because it's I guess it's made for mm. neurotypicals in a way because you want to give someone else the experience of merged senses I thought my biggest feedback other than it was amazing and I loved it, was maybe on that questionnaire, you could add, um, are you neurodivergent? Do you need any adjustments? Because I left burned out because of the music and I just didn't have the awareness to accommodate myself beforehand. I don't know why. Like I I would have Mm -hmm. had to interrupt the massage saying, uh, this is great, but can we turn out the music? And somehow like my executive function didn't allow me to do that. I completely agree. I am working with some people at the minute in the business about more accommodations that we can introduce for neurodivergent people working and working in the spas. I hadn't thought about putting that question. It's called a consultation form. Yeah. If you're in like the beauty industry, it's a very common thing. Um, and I actually think that that's a really beautiful question to add. So I will work towards doing that. Thank you. We are taught or we are given, we give direction to put the music on loud. And as you say, it's for neurotypical people to be able to come and experience the merging of senses because the music's meant to vibrate within the body. Um, 
I yeah. personally like the music on a little bit louder, but I'm very familiar with the music and I don't have it on really loud for all clients. I personally also struggle <laughs> with adjustments while I'm actually in that moment because you don't want to interrupt the experience because it's all been placed so carefully. Yeah. Um, if you ever come for a treatment again, perhaps you can come for a treatment with me. And I would love that. Happily, I actually <laughs> say to the client, <laughs> I actually said to the client beforehand, please say, I and I give them the words to say. So for example, I know what it feels like to be laid on a couch and I'm too hot, but I, my executive function makes me not say it for some reason. I then yeah. I will explain to a client if I think they need this, I'll say the word for word, say to me, Jody. I need and then I don't know I think that probably helps them with their mm-hmm. executive function to then speak out yeah. um sorry I've gone a long way around this what was your specific question again no that answered my question perfectly I'm just I just thought it would be so amazing to have that as part of the questionnaire to yes I agree take it away I'm not sure if that is the right expression but for neurodivergent people to be like remember you are sound sensitive because for me it was like during the end or when I left I was like how did I forget that fact about myself and then I had a hard time recovering from the overstimulating sound so yeah just a nice way to accommodate people I guess for sure I completely agree and I love that yeah it's it's the same at least for me and Micah like we both uh, I'm sure there are some other people who would enjoy like the louder music but for me because I have sound to color as well so like the color kind of like got a bit much for sure we are living with noise cancelling headphones so we're of course not (laughs) the average representation of a massage client yeah Um, yeah but for me as well I have I can see the sounds I can see the touch and the smells so there's a lot going on For sure. And I completely appreciate this. What a fascinating thing to have created this treatment. And then I did the the updates with a team of people, obviously, did the updates at the beginning of this year where those specific words changed and there was all sorts of other bits and pieces. I was the one who suggested we put more colour and light in the room to make it more synesthetic, to make it more of an experience like synesthesia is. But how fascinating to have somebody who already has synesthesia to come in and have synesthesia treatment and experience it from that side of things. I don't know that I've ever really spoken to someone who's had that much of an in-depth experience from this side of things. Does that make any sense yeah, at all? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. How I'm trying to explain <laughs> that, yeah. Absolutely. When, <laughs> when, um, so that, and <laughs> so the fascinating thing is about the smells not matching. They are Mark's smells, Mark Constantine's smells to the intention words that you choose. So that's his mm. synesthesia kicking in, probably. <laughs> when you, uh, before you start the treatment, uh, we will have to pick a word. They will give us a list of words. We'll pick it. We'll write it on a chalkboard, and then they give us they give us bottles of essential oils with words on it as well. But we are not allowed to pick based on smell. So we have to pick it based on, I guess, the color of the bottles and the mm-hmm. words on the bottles. But I was really tempted to <laughs> to sniff it because I was like, <laughs> I need to see 
what the color is because I want to match it to the word or the vibe. And I couldn't. And I was like, oh, why, why? And I was like wondering, like, why can't we do it? So I wanted to ask you that. But I guess you sort of um, explained it because that's Mark's synesthesia, right? He's matching his scent and his word. The, the scents were Mark Constantine's. Mm-hmm. The words and the colors were an argument. <laughs> no, they weren't. No, they weren't an argument. They were a debate <laughs> they, between um, four synesthetes. Ma- <laughs> yeah. For weeks. <laughs> Between. <laughs> so Mark actually didn't really have much to do with that side of it. Um, that was more, he does the smells, he does the fragrances and the essential oils matching up to the, the labels on the bottles. That was that. That was the smell side of things. And then the rest of it filtered mm-hmm. down to, to me and the team that I was working with. So it's Kaylee Thomas was working on it as well. And and then there was other people from that side of the business who were working on it. And it was probably days, weeks worth of what colour it needs to be and what colour. Yeah, it, <laughs> we were chatting about it for a long, long time. The, the, <laughs> little, the little essential oil bottles that have got the words and the labels on, like you just mentioned, you wanted to smell the size the colour and whether it's shiny or matte, weeks, weeks and weeks of deciding what that needs to be mm. and what it matched to. And I don't fully agree with some of them and others don't fully agree with others. So it was like a bit of a compromise. Um, and so we just went with whatever we thought was best. We tried to do it based in some um, mood science. So we tried to Google it and things and yeah, feel you. I feel you with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask a question. What what intention words did you pick? Um, we picked we the same picked one. The same word. No way. Yeah. Even though we had no idea. And then and the, the other bottle one? one was hug. Yeah. Hug. Yeah. Hug Peace. was the same one then. Yeah. Yeah. Peace and hug. Yeah. All of this reminds me of what it's like to go. It reminds me of every like synesthesia art exhibition ever. I love what Zoe's doing, but when I see a reel where she is painting a song, it's not like I'm really getting involved because it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not what I yeah. see. <laughs> um, and I feel like all of us synesthetes who are producing art, we try to show our friends followers family what it's like to experience synesthesia but it's not the main purpose is not to show it to another synesthete because that will upset them (laughs) so I think the massage is a good example of wonderful job of providing something that merges senses like in such an intensity but of course we will have our opinions Mm -hmm. because we can see touch and see music and and see whatever is going on in the room yeah of course that's why at one point it was just like we're gonna just have to make a decision this could go on for weeks months years yeah. we could be studied for this <laughs> we just had to just be like draw a line at one point and just like yeah go forward with whatever was happening and make compromises yeah. um and generally like speaking I think we're all very happy with how the treatment updates worked out um But the fascinating thing about it is we've created this treatment surrounding synesthesia and merging of senses. 
people who believe they're neurotypical um and i say believe because oftentimes people haven't become aware of something that they ha might have going on or what have you but a neurotypical person uh, for all intents and purposes will go into a synesthesia treatment or for that fact any of the lush treatments and come out and say that they saw colors while they were being massaged it happens a lot which is one of my favorite things for for if someone comes out and you say how are you feeling how was that for you it's like oh, i saw colors that was amazing um and I always say, you know, we can change people's days at the very least. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes we've changed lives. When I was working in the spa, it's it's an incredible thing. Um, and I really wanted to just push the fact that synesthesia as a treatment can hopefully promote the inspiration of synesthesia and the awareness of it. But yeah, a lot of times people do see colour in, in their treatments as well. That's so cool. I have goosebumps, like literal goosebumps when you were saying that. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's so cool. I did these inspiration talks, if you will, and I put together an hour or two's worth of bits and pieces to inspire people behind the treatment because they're so in-depth. It's, it's called an inspiration talk. And the therapists in training would get this from me. And um, now I've passed it over to the training team. But during that, I would play Caitlin Hover's video that I was talking to you about on Friday. I would play them the video yeah. of Caitlin Hover playing the violin on her TED Talk, which just gives me goosebumps and makes me cry every time. Um, and I would do other things. I would um, play, there's a, another video where they sketch out what synesthesia looks and feels like on a TED Talk. And yeah, a lot of the time then when I was doing it to a group of very new therapists who had only been a therapist for maybe a month, would be like, oh my God, I never knew. Oh my God, I didn't know I had synesthesia. I do that and then there was another girl who particularly she cried her little eyes out in front of everybody but I had to get her to come and sit next to me she was like I've been telling people that I can see sound in colour like Caitlin Hover for years and since I was a kid and I've always been told I'm wrong and to not talk about it and I was like you say fear like welcome I hope you enjoy doing synesthesia treatment for everybody and mm, it was just yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love to hear stories like this. Um, I actually had a lot of like comments yeah. on on my YouTube side of the video where people are like, I always tell my parents this, but they never believed in me. Or I, mm -hmm. I told friends about this, but like nobody think people think I'm crazy or I never talk about it because people think I'm nuts. So like there's just so many of this type of um comments and experiences yeah. and stuff so i have a really yeah. lovely story surrounding not thinking that you're crazy and not talking about it and it's my mum so if, if it's okay i'd like to just tell you oh, of yeah, course. That yeah. as well that. so it comes from the caitlin hover video when she did that ted talk cried my eyes out the first five times i watched it at least and i sent it to my mum and i said mum this is exactly how i see certain things it was one of the best ways i'd ever seen someone try and explain it to people who probably don't understand it not not because i have um music to sound like that um, I have it where it looks like waves and all integrated into a whole piece rather than individual notes being a colour. Anyway, sent it to my mum and she phoned me up and she was in tears and she was 60 and she said, I have spent my entire life thinking that I'm crazy, but I have this. This is what I see the world like. And I just don't talk about it because I just thought that I was nuts. And my mum always thinks that she's alone and she doesn't feel like she fits in. And yeah, I told her about synesthesia and 
then ever since then we have a discussion about what the day feels like so for my mum the day feels a certain colour or it might be cinnamon today or Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got she's got a lot of synesthesia as my mum, um, and she doesn't even realise. And she's actually started getting the confidence to talk about it at work. And not everybody understands, and that's okay. But there's a ter- there was a certain person at work who did understand her, and it's just lovely that she can now feel comfortable in a world that didn't understand her before, or she didn't dare talk about. That's so cool. And also, I'm just happy that your mom now feels safer too talk about this kind of yeah, stuff lovely now. story so great yeah we've come a long way since my mum was my age we've got a long way to go though I think still yeah there's still a lot of skeptics out there <laughs> I mean the internet does a great thing in that in just you know you can show videos you can have a podcast and resources so people just have more accessible information and and speak about it more confidently because they actually feel confident in themselves about it and I think that was Mm -hmm. what was lacking for your mom as well like if someone else is skeptical but I'm skeptical to begin with like uh, where will this conversation go I I better not talk about it then yeah it's it's very refreshing talking to you two today and on Friday last week because it's so free to just talk about it like without any judgment and without any skepticism and without any side-eye glances of yeah I I talk about it quite freely but even I will be quite scared to talk about it as freely as this like this is just such a lovely conversation I don't feel judged or sometimes you say these things and you can you can almost audibly feel the tut or the yeah whatever or the I don't know yeah and just talking to you both and just talking to like-minded people is wonderful because it's not it's not a neurodivergent world out there and it's Lush has done wonderful things and it's very very welcoming but I still think we've got work to do um and I sometimes don't want to feel like I'm making a fuss you know when I'm sat in the office environment and I'm hating on it and I just like sit there and take it and mask or whatever and it's just yeah so yeah it's really lovely to talk to you both and it'd be just so nice no no it's our pleasure to have you you. it's so nice to talk to someone who has synesthesia and is like doing something really like physical with it so it's really really cool can totally relate to the feeling or the fear of making a fuss though i think we Mm. all know that feeling and maybe not just for synesthesia but just other accommodations Mm. for like autistic traits very hard also the transition Mm. from high masking neurotypical lifestyle to oh actually that well doesn't work for me at all and now the friends that or knew me one way now have to understand that I'm kind of a different person (laughs) yeah yeah, it can be really scary yeah that's a whole conversation I guess one question I still had in mind was but I don't think there is really an answer for that but uh, the shops of course are quite overstimulating for a lot of sensitive people and I still go in I just need my headphones on and like have to make sure that I'm not too hot so it's like I have to have to just manage stimulation as much as I can but there's still of course a lot of color shapes forms um sense because I love the way it looks I just don't love my brain when I go inside one okay so one of the main things about blush is that we pride ourselves on innovation 
and creativity and new mm-hmm. things that haven't been seen and one of the simplest answers to your question is no packaging the reason it's so colorful is because most of the things yeah. in there haven't got packaging on them so we're not uni- uniformed right. um and that is an environment um decision and so yes the products inside a different shop might be just as colorful but they'll be packaged in their uniform branded way but we've taken all of that away so you can literally yeah. just see the raw innovation and the raw creation behind a product and each individual product has got a story a theme yeah. a specific way that it's come into being um and a lot of the time obviously we're quite known for our staff members being extra friendly I'm aware I used to work on the shop floor um but for me it's very important because a lot of our products you might not have seen anywhere else you need to be told how to use them but I also appreciate going into a shop and wanting to be left alone completely understand that as well um so for me working on the shop floor it was fine because I knew the products inside out I was actually a a fan of Lush before I started working there so it was just a dream come Mm -hmm. true for me to be able to be talking about things I already loved um but yeah that would be the answer to your question it's it's they're very very creative products without a branded packaging on them amazing thank you so much actually yeah I didn't notice the like the lush staff being more friendly because in in japan like culturally they usually leave you alone when you enter the store um even if they are very polite they're just like very polite like customer service but um yeah. when i went into like lush at um Gaoka, it was like oh they're so friendly and i was like oh but my, my mm-hmm. japanese was terrible i wish i could have spoken more but i was like oh they're so friendly which is so different from like the usual store staff that I interact with in Japan so it was really nice yeah I think there is a cultural difference even in the spas in Japan as well mm-hmm. um, things like leaving an extra towel on the side or some um, like a damp like maybe even a warm towel to make sure that they can sort of mattify afterwards and get the oil out of their hair if there is any so yeah completely completely appreciate that for sure yeah in in this country there's we're very very well known for being extra happy and extra friendly <laughs> gosh the people at edinburgh spa they were so nice like you have some yes. really good personnel selection because they mm-hmm. were just by hr <laughs> the business structure is quite different to other businesses as well we necessarily we don't have a, a department that's called hr um, we have a department where you can go if you need something as a person. And I think it's called People's Services or People's Experience. Um, it's changed names a couple of times, but it's definitely not an, a HR department. But most members of staff that you'll find, at least in the UK, who work for the company and in the spas at the very least, do do love what they do and they do love their job as well, which is lovely. So, yeah. If Lush ever needs any synesthesia perspective of a synesthesia form that isn't covered in your staff yet, Zoe and I are here to to share our expertise day and night. (laughs) Zoe was dreaming about a Zoe scent or what was it? Zoe perfume? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I could could have a scent. I'll just die happy right now. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Well, I'm obviously going to be developing more treatments. I'm currently in the process of developing more treatments. 
Um, so if maybe I could call on you to synesthesia you check it. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, or, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't think this will be the last time we speak anyway. No, I think so too. We also have a wonderful community uh, with all sorts of forms. So if you ever need expertise on one thing, we I'm sure we can find someone. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so, so much to both of you, but especially Jody, for giving us so much insight into Lush and your job and what it's like to have synesthesia in such a big company and what it looks like. Like you said, just so amazing to talk to like-minded people and uh, it just feels so nice the way you like connect with people when there is this base, <laughs> the neurodivergent base <laughs> just feels different. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Thank you ever so much, both of you. Well, thank you so much. Stay in touch and sending love to both Japan and the UK. Yay. Sending love to you as well. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Let's Talk Synesthesia. There will be a new episode of Series 1 every Tuesday. If you enjoyed listening, you can like, follow and share. Details about the podcast and how to connect with today's speakers can be found in the show notes. The executive producer was Micah Pricing with music by Corinne Anderson and the podcast was supported by a couple more neurodivergent people in the background. See you next week.